today I, I want to, I've done one, I'm going to just set myself up, just, okay, just so you don't like throw things at me or stuff like this. Um, so t today I want to talk about a certain subject and it's kind of a part two. But I just want to say this before I introduce it. I only talk about this every few years. Okay, okay. All right, so, it, it, so if you're here today and you're here and you've bought your neighbor for the first time and your neighbor doesn't like going to church and you're sitting here right now with your friend or they, maybe they don't know the Lord and you're like, yeah, they don't like church and the reason why is because they think that all church want is your money. Then I just want to give a disclaimer. Then I'm really sorry. <laughs> but I don't normally talk about this and we don't. And I don't mean that we're going to talk about it in an apologetic way. But I do believe there's, the Bible talks so much about money. And I want to talk about it as just to finish off this two series. So we've got them and I've said them. And I just want to say as well, I, I believe as a, as a, as a church leader um, that I don't, I don't believe I'm going to give an account to God for people's lives. But what I will give an account for is what I taught. And we believe in the power of choice here. It's the CNR uh, acronym of culture. But the reason I'm saying that is you get to, what you do with, with what you're taught is really up between you and the Lord. Do you, do you hear that? And I want that to be liberating rather than controlling. Um, so is that okay? Everybody good? All right, here we go. I'm going, to give it, I'm going to give tithing an acronym, and I'm going to go really fast. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? So T, T, everyone say T, is for tenth. Will you say that with me? Tenth. Here's some things that you may or may not know about tithing. You may have never heard a message about tithing. But here's the first thing you need to know about tithing is that tithing actually means tenth. That's what the word actually means. Tithing means tenth. We looked at this the first time, so I'm sorry if you didn't get the, the first the introduction to this message. Um, I, I spoke on it a few weeks ago, and this is part two, so the first part will make a lot more sense. We looked at the fact, is tithing Old Testament or is it New Testament? And my conclusion with deep conviction is it's neither. It's not an Old Testament issue or a New Testament issue. It's a covenant issue. There are certain things that started before the law, went through the law, and out the other side of the law, tithing, marriage, and Sabbath are just three of those, three of those things that started before the law, went through the law, and out the other side of the law. So you can go back and you can listen to that message, and I laid a foundation of why it's not an Old Testament or a New Testament um, um, law or practice, but they are principles that started before and went through to the other side. Um, I personally believe the fact that God, in Genesis chapter 14, and we can read it there, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, bought the bread and the wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by Most, God, Most High God, creator of the heavens and the earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered uh, your enemies into your hands. Then Abraham bought a tenth of everything. Everyone say everything. He bought a tenth of everything that he had, and he gave it, and he bought it to him. So tenth, so a tithe means a tenth. What do you tithe? Well, I'm going to let you decide what, when you hear everything, what everything means. Okay, so he tithed 
everything. You know, there is no such thing as a big tither and a small tither. Either you're a tither or you're not a tither. I've had the privilege of preaching this message a few times in different parts of the world and I, in the last few months, and I, I've just, it's, it's something inside of me that's just excited because this isn't a law, this isn't a requirement, this is something that we get to do. We don't pay tithe, we release the tithe because the tithe belongs to the Lord. So T is for for tithe. I was, Jesus says, give to Caesar that which belongs to Caesar and release to God that which belongs to the Lord. I is for inheritance. The first I is for inheritance. Genesis chapter 17, don't throw me off. Okay, when Abraham was 90, okay, blah, 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 blah. and I will establish, verse 7, verse 7, my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. It's all to do with inheritance. It's tithing starts as it's a covenant issue, not a law issue. It was about a covenant that God made with Abraham. But that covenant with our great father Abraham was, an, it was to do with a blessing that would flow for generations to come, and that's us. Woo! Whoop, whoop, whoo. okay, okay, that's good. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know him better, the hope to which he's called you to the glorious inheritance in the saints. So as Paul is praying for the church, he's saying, church, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know him better, so that you can know about your inheritance. And, he's called, and Paul calls it the glorious inheritance. I honestly believe, and you know this is a lot harder to speak in the UK, because English people don't really like talking about money. They don't like talking about, they're just like really conservative. Like, oh, so when I start talking about money, they're like, oh, he's talking about money. But, you know, so I believe God wants us blessed. Like, really blessed. I've never met somebody in poverty that wanted to stay in poverty. So, prosperity is being so blessed that we have enough to meet our needs and our household needs and more than enough to meet the needs of other people outside. Yes, okay, great. So inheritance. God is no man's debtor. You know, I was, um, I'd, I'd taken on a staff member and I'd brought him on to take over um, all of the sound. He was a sound engineer um, in, in one of our churches. And on his first day, I was in the UK and I took him out for a coffee. And he said, hey, I've just come from the church office. Here's some mail for you. So I'm talking, I said, man, are you excited about the job, and what are you concerned about, and anything that you need from me, and, and I'm, as I'm talking, I'm just, I'm opening this letter, and then I stopped, and I went white, and he went, are you okay, man? I went, where did you say you got this letter from? He said it was at the front desk of the office, the receptionist gave it to me and said, I, I see you're meeting Dan, could you give this to him? I said, but who dropped it off? He said, I have no idea. So I called the office. Janet, who dropped this off? She said, I have no idea, Dan. It was from Geneva. I'm in England. 
It was from Geneva. And it was from the Kane County Tax Office. In a church 4,000 miles away, with no stamp, nothing. And it was my tax bill, which I'd not told, not told anyone about, that we couldn't pay. It was our, t- our real estate tax. We, the way our mortgage is, we don't have it escrowed in, so we have to come up with the money. I don't know if anyone else is like that twice a year, and they're really close together, and it's really annoying. You know, anyone know what I'm talking about? So, so I thought, we're going to England. I can't afford it. Uh, we, we don't have the money. You know, I have to pay the interest on it. You know, whatever. So I got on a plane, and I said, Sam, where did you get this from again? He goes, bro, I just told you it came from the office. I, he said, what, what is it? I said, it's our full taxes for the whole year paid in full. He said, in England? I went, no, in America. He said, well, how did it end up here? I said, I don't know, Sam. That's why this is frustrating to me. So anyway, as soon, I didn't set to anything. I got back to America. I, we arrived here. I went straight to the tax office, stood in line. You know, in Batavia, you know, the little tax office? And I'm sitting there, and... and uh, I put the thing, I said, hi there, I'd like to pay my taxes, please. And she said, well, it says they're paid in full. I said, no, it's not. She said, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. She said, sir, it's been paid in full. I said, it wasn't paid in full because I didn't pay it. And she said, well, someone paid it. I said, who? She said, I don't know. I said, can you find out? She said, I'll see. I can't, she said, my computer won't tell me who has paid, paid for it. I said, but I want to know. I said, how is it paid? And she said, I don't know. It was paid, well, I can see it was paid by a check. I said, great, who wrote the check? She said, sir, I can't tell. And I said, there must be someone who can tell me. I don't know if you're ever like this, but you're like, I want to know. This is just trippy. This is too much for me. Like, who paid this bill? This is like $10,000 almost. And she said, sir, the only person that knows who wrote that check is the person that wrote the check. And the guy behind me go, I would let this go if I were you, sir. And he said, me? he said, maybe it's an angel. She looked at me and she was like, hey, mate. <laughs> Took my thing. I'm going to find out who did this. You know, to this day, I have absolutely no clue who did it. I really don't know. But I will say this. There is an inheritance for God's people. And I found that God has a much bigger shovel than we do. And the more you shovel into God's house, the more he shovels into our... Number three is the word, is T. Did we get these in the right order? T. T is for teachers. And here it is. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 14. And it says this. The fear, the, the purpose of the tithe... Watch this. This is going to change someone's life. The purpose of the tithe is to teach us the fear of the Lord. The purpose of the tithe is to teach us the fear of the Lord. When I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, I'm not talking about being scared. It's the word fear of the Lord that is the awe of God. You know, in Acts it says, and the whole church was in awe. Have you ever been in those, mo- those moments in God where you're just in awe of his presence? You know, I think sometimes we say, oh, God's presence is here. And I think I just want more of God's presence because when God really shows up, it's like, Oh, you know when people say, oh, it's just getting wrecked in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, when that happens to me, I'm, I'm like on my knees and I'm snotting and crying. And it's just really like ugly crying, you know, like boo-hoo crying. And it's just like snot. And you're like, ah, ah. And you're like, oh, Lord, 
God, please stop. I, I get it. And God just says little things to me like I'm bigger than you. Or I'm not going to follow you. Things like that. That's how God often speaks to me. And he asks me a lot of questions. But I end up in awe of God. There's something about the awe. So the awe of God, the purpose of the tithe is to teach us the awe of God. The purpose of the tithe is to teach us to really, really trust him. Like, God, I really, you know when you release, because we don't pay tithe, the tithe is the Lord's. It's holy unto God. We release the tithe. We release the 10%. We release the tithe of everything. We release it. And when we do that, if you're like me, it's like, now, God, you're going to have to show up. Now I've done, I've, I've been obedient, God, but now the rest is up to you. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. But it, 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 it releases that fear, the reverence, the honor of God. The purpose of the tithe is to teach you the fear of the Lord. And watch this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The purpose of the tithe is to teach us to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, just the beginning of wisdom. And through wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, the foundations are laid. So there's something powerful about the tithe because it teaches us to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And through wisdom, the house is built. And through understanding, the foundations are laid. So in, it's, tithing is not just about money. Tithing, there's something behind it. God does not need your money. God isn't broke. Jesus can open the fish's mouth and pull out a coin. But there's something about the tithe. There's something about releasing back to God that which belongs to him. In Hebrews it says, who through constant use, who through constant use, I'd turn there if we have time, you can look it up, who through constant use has learned to discern what's right and wrong. Through constant use. So often as Christians, and I think in the Western world, we're used to everything happening so fast that we forget that it's through constant use, through constant use that we find the breakthroughs in God. All right, number four, household. We say household with me. Household, household. Can we got a picture here on this one? I think we got three pictures. Uh, this building here, some of you came to the conference this year, actually went here and went inside this. This uh, barn is right by Fee's house where she grew up. This is about a five-minute walk from Fee's house in Bradford-on-Avon and in the UK. And this is actually a tithe barn. It's still there. It's hundreds of years old. Do you have a picture of the inside? There's the inside of a tithe barn. And do we have one more picture? There it is. Anybody go to the tithe barn there? and see you. Yeah, a few of you went to the tithe barn. The purpose, so when in, those, in, that era, in that period, in that time, what would happen is the people in the community would bring the tithe. They'd bring the 10% of barley. They'd bring the 10% of their crops. And they would fill that barn until it was full. And then what would happen is everybody, there would be enough to feed everybody. So the tithe would come in, the 10%, there would be enough to feed everybody in the community. So there's something genius that God says about 10%, because it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, it doesn't matter how much money you have, 10% is 10%. That's why I've made the statement, there's no such thing as a big tither or a small tither. Either you're a tither or you're not. 
And so this principle of 10%, you bring in the 10% of what you have, whether it's a little or a lot, you bring it, and you bring it into the house. So Malachi says, bring the whole tithe, everyone say whole, the whole tithe into the house. Why? So that may be food in my house. Of course, then that's a spiritual house, sorry, that's a um, a natural house. It's a natural building. Today, the Bible's talking about a spiritual house. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's bringing it into the house of God. It's bringing it into the church. It's bringing it into the local church where your community is, where your family is, where you get fed. If you eat in McDonald's, you don't pay in Burger King. Not that you should eat in either. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Listen, let me just display this. And I'm only saying this because I want to be really practical. And I want to, and some people are like, you know, the truth is, all of us, we don't know what we don't know. And because we don't teach this or talk about this very often, if, if that hardly ever, um, sometimes you think, wow, like sometimes said, well, somebody said to me recently, well, I, um, a tithe to me means this. It's like, and I thought, well, a tithe is 10%. That's what it means, but whatever. But so I'm just going to teach this, and then you can do what you like with it. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. All right. But just at least it's, it's out there. Um, if you take 10% of your earnings and you give some to Aunt Millie and you give some to your cousin who's going on a mission trip and some to a homeless person and some to charity and some to a mission and some to a, on a missionary trip and you say, that might be a tithe, but you're not tithing. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that so that there may be food in my house. So often, the storehouse, the house of God, is so depleted because we don't follow this principle, we don't have enough to meet even our own needs in our own household. And this, by the way, is not a plug because we need money. It's not. Um, that would be cheap, and that's not my purpose. I'm talking about healthy hallmarks of a healthy church today. Okay? And these are principles. All right? So 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, he, and this is pretty strong, you ready? He who doesn't care for his own household, everyone say household, is worse than an infidel. Wow, what? That's, that's heavy, dude. Like, that's really heavy. He who doesn't supply or provide for his own household is worse than, worse than an infidel. So it's, what, what Paul is saying to Timothy is, hey, there's, in it, there's, it's important that we care for our own household. Bring the whole tithe into the house, into the house of God that there may be food in my house. Your storehouse is, your, your, your ch local church is your storehouse. That's where you eat, it's where you serve, it's where we worship together, it's where we, where we laugh together, where we cry together, where we be together. All right, moving on, ready? Um, I is for... Instinct. Thank you. Yes. Did, did it show instinct first? Okay. All right. I'm like, you guys are good. You're like really prophetic. Okay. So instinct. Um, Matthew 25 is the story of the talents. You all know the story of the talents? I'm going really quick. I'm nearly finished. Um, the story of the talents starts like this in the NIV. It says, it's like into a man going away on a journey and he, and he calls his servants together, and he entrusts to each one of them a different number of talents. Now, that amount of talents is actually an astronomical amount of money. But to one, he gave five. Do you remember this? Remember the story? Um, and then he went away. And it says he gave to each one of them according to their ability. It's always fascinating to me. There's so much things that fascinate me about this scripture. But one of the things that fascinates me is that God gives us the ability, and then we have to give an account to him for what we did with the ability that he gave us. 
You ever seen that? That's why it's so important that we don't compare ourselves one to another. Because we are going to give an account for what God has given us. But they give so much more. They don't work nearly as hard as me. They don't, nearly, they don't give. Why don't they serve? Don't compare yourself one to another. Good or bad. I, I, we don't have, that's not afforded to us. No, I need to give, an, I'm going to give an account. I need to be responsible for the abilities that God has given me. Really important. Why, the, re, the reason I'm using the word instinct is I find it fascinating. The one that hid his talent because of fear, he hid his talent and exposed his fear. The, the judgment was actually pretty in, severe. He was like, you wicked, lazy servant, take it away from him and give it to the one who did the most with it. Here's my point. Nowhere at the beginning of the story, when Jesus tells the story, does the master say what he is expecting them to do with the talent. In other words, he didn't say, here's 10. What I expect from you is to turn this into 10. Or here's five. I expect you to double it. He just gave it to them. Here's my point. Instinct. I believe there's something instinctively in God's people that we know what to do and we know what is right. And I'm not just talking about money now. I'm talking with our talents and using our gifts and using our abilities. You know, a few years ago, I was with a professional musician and they'd got discouraged and weren't really walking with the Lord anymore. And I said, man, you're a professional musician. You've traveled all over the world. And he said, yeah, but I'm just going to sell my guitar and you know, I'm just going to do it. And I thought, I went away sad. I thought, what about using your guitar to train the next generation? What about sitting with a young person and saying who wants to learn the guitar and pouring your life into them? What about using the abilities and the gifts that you have and doing something with them that will have an eternal value? All right. Instinct. 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 When, when Fee and I first got married, we, we lived in a shed. <laughs> we, we really did. It was like on bricks. It was like a glorified shed. It was like made in the war. And it was in a field by a river. And it was really pretty. It was really idyllic. So that's where we lived. And it only cost, you know, a few grand to buy. So we bought it for cash and we lived there. And um, I had a business and we worked together and uh, we had no kids and we were dinks, double income, no kids. Life was great. And we were making loads of money. And, you know, I was, you know, I, I, we, keep, we used to keep a lot of our money in, in a big, like, um, a flower pot that was in the entranceway. So the umbrellas were in it. No one knew, but it was actually full of cash. I don't know why. I just give my life back to the Lord, and, and I was suspicious of the banks, or they were going to steal our stuff or something. Anyway, I know it's weird. Didn't plan to say any of that, but I did. So, this, so people would come in, they'd put their umbrella, and it'd be full of cash, like thousands and thousands, because we were just making a lot of money, right? So um, one day, we were sitting in our, in our little shed with our wood-burning stove and our cat, and uh, the Lord said, I want to bless you, but hold out your hands. We held out our hands, and he said, in your life, I'm going to bless you, but I want you to know I'm blessing you to be a blessing, and I want you to be a, con- I want you to be a conduit from me to my people and bless them. They were like, sweet. He said, I'm going to really bless you. But you remember I, the first time I did this, the first part one, wherever there's a promise, there's an if? He says, but the day you say mine... I'll take it from you and give it to someone else. Because I want you to know the blessing isn't just for you. I'll bless you, but it's to be a blessing. 
And he said, there's a, and suddenly our eyes became open to all the needs. And there was a couple in the church that we were at, and they didn't have a car. So we went, we thought, hey, we asked them, if you could have any car, what would you have? And they described this car. We went and found one, and we bought it for them. We took it around to their house, and we gave it to them. And they were like, wow. And then we started buying people cars, because we had this extra money, right? We kept making money. I was in property, and I was buying, I was doing up an old house, and we made a ton of money. And so we started buying people cars. And uh, while we were at Bible school in 2002, and Fee was pregnant with the twins, we gave, we'd given someone a car. When we moved to England, we didn't have a car. And someone called us up and they said, hey, do you remember um, 15 years ago, you bought us a car? And I was we like, we did? And they were like, I said, what was the car? They said, it was this type of car. And we're like, yes, we remember. They said, well, we have an extra car right now, and we never forgot what you did for us. We'd like to buy you a car, get you a car. And they did. And they were like, wow. You know, God is no man's debtor. You can't outgive. You can't outgive God. There's something that happened. I encourage you. Sometimes, instinctively, you're just going to know to give, and it's not going to make any sense. But God is really clever, and He's really kind, and He's really generous. Amen. Number six. Almost done. Almost done. Number six is necessary. 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 Is that right? Number six. Yeah. Number six. Number. Almost done. Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. Everyone knows this scripture. All scripture is God breathed and is necessary for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, and training in righteousness. That's what the Bible says. It's necessary. All scripture is necessary for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between that which is good and evil. Through constant use. You can't try this. You can't try God's word. We believe it and obey it. Amen. All right. Through constant use, which is where we get consistency from. You know, a man without conviction is at the mercy of circumstance. And if, con- if circumstances cause us to change our convictions, then they were never convictions in the first place. Amen. Okay. Good. All right. Um, and, number, and number seven. And finally, brothers. Number seven. Everyone say number seven. And finally. Are you ready for this? Is... Um, is the word giver, tithing. Finally, it, 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 it does something. The principles of tithing causes you just to give. God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Galatians 6 verse 7. Whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. God is not, God is not mocked. Whatever. Everyone say Whatever. Whatever. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. If you sow a smile, you reap a smile. If you sow generously, you reap generously. You know, one of the things that bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that may be food in my house, then Malachi says this, test me in this and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you, you don't even know what to do with it. And the Lord says, I will rebuke the devourer. You know, when we, when we follow the word of God, God rebukes the devourer. I'm going to end with this story. and um, It's a story when we first moved to America, and we, um, we'd always be trusting God for money. I was, you know, I was pastoring, um, associate pastoring with, with uh, Tom and Randy Kyle, and we didn't have much money. We'd sold our properties in the UK and put it in a bank account, and that's what we lived off. We didn't get a salary from the church. We paid our rent. We bought a car. We did 
everything, and we just thought we'll go until all the money hits zero. And it was a joy, it was a pleasure, and loved it, right? But every Christmas, there was a man, not in the church, lived in a different church, who was a very wealthy businessman, millionaire. Every Christmas, he'd send a $1,000 to the church, to, to what was called, then it was called uh, Life Community Church, or New Life Community Church. And it would say, to Dan and Fee Reynolds. And we were like, yes, $1,000. It's like, it was like, all our Christmases came at once. It was just amazing, right? We were so happy. And then the next year, he sent it $1,000. But by the third year, we were like really expecting it. And when it came, we were like, yes. You know, we'd already written thank you cards. We were just, I know it's wrong. But we, we, were just, we just knew it was, it was kind of come. With this, I mean, let's be honest, right? It's just us, right? Has anybody ever thought, I wish somebody who was really rich would just write me a check? Jesus is watching. Like, okay, all right. So just, just a few of you. Like, it would be just so great. It wouldn't even matter to them because they've got so much money. But if they just wrote a check, all our problems would go away. Well, this one Christmas, I was, like, budgeting. I just knew, like, any day now, this is all the Christmas presents. All, I'm writing everything on this $1,000 check. So every day I'd race out there. Already got my thank you card written. And uh, I, yeah, I'd race out. There'd be nothing. So like three days before Christmas, I'm like, this is, this is, this is terrible. Like, maybe, maybe he died. Maybe, maybe he's not very well. We should probably drive up there and make sure he's okay. Pray for him. You know, like, hey, are you getting anything? Uh, how, how, this is, I know this is terrible. I'm just, I'm just being really honest, right? And so I thought, do we, do we, do we, do we call him? Like, is everything okay? Is it, do, you, is it, do, you, are you, do you remember? Like, it's Christmas. What happens at Christmas? Last five years? Like, just nothing. And Christmas Eve came, and it was like the final post. Nothing. And I sat on the steps, and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Lord said this to me. He said, son, that man will never write you a check again. Because I have blessed you because I want you to be a blessing. From this day forward, I want you to be the person that writes checks for other people at Christmas time. Biblical prosperity is having enough to meet our needs and more than enough to meet someone. What God was doing is he was shifting a poverty slave mentality inside of me. And saying, I'm going to take you from being a taker into a giver. Amen. Can we all stand together? Guys, I know I've gone over time, so I'm going to just pray really quick and get everybody out here. I know it's a... But hey, have a great Thanksgiving week this week. Have a really good time. Eat lots of food. Celebrate. This is t- You know, there's something powerful about Thanksgiving. Not just the time of Thanksgiving, but being a thankful people. Um, I was in a prayer meeting recently, and I, we just, I just said, I gave this instruction. I said, this prayer meeting is only for thanksgiving. Please don't pray a prayer of what we need. Please don't pray a prayer of what we think. Please don't pray a prayer of um, what we think God would do. Or, Lord, are you aware of this situation that's going on in the world? You know, sometimes people start preaching when they're in a prayer meeting. 
And I just said, so I gave these instructions. Let's just give thanksgiving. And someone said, Lord, we thank you for this. So we thank you for this. God, thank you for our children. Lord, thank you for health. God, thank you for this. Thank you for our house. Thank you for providing this. Thank you for protecting this person. Thank you for this. Lord, thank you for a turkey. Thank you who have eyes. Thank you who have legs. Thank you for oxygen. Thank you for fresh running water. Lord, thank you that we're in a country where we can worship you without being shot. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you've been faithful to a thousand generations. God, thank you. Thank you. God, thank you. And you know what? You'll find something shift. I want to encourage you as you're sitting with your Thanksgiving meal, just start to thank him. Teach your kids to be thankful, to thank him, to thank him, just thank him, your grandkids to be thankful. And something shifts. Something happens when we're thankful. So Father, I thank you so much for this house. I thank you for your people. I thank you for this church. I thank you that you began something great in this place all those years ago. And I thank you that your promise is that you will see it to completion. Lord, I thank you for every house. I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you that because of the cross, we're no longer sinners. We're no longer slaves, but we're sons and we're daughters of you, King Jesus. Lord, I just speak and just to, to speak any condemnation, any shame of anyone in this room. I thank you that you came. You didn't come to condemn the world. You came to save it. And Lord, I just bless this house. I bless everybody in this house. Relate those who who've known you for years, those who are just getting to know you, those who may have just heard more about you today and starting on a journey of making you their Lord and Savior. Lord, we give you this day, we give you this week, we give you this season. And we just say, pour out your spirit in this house, on our families, on our marriages, on our health, and in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church. Why don't you go do something?